March 5th, 2023. We're continuing in Mesilat Yesharim, Perik Yod Aleph. Perik Yod Aleph, of course, is dealing with Pirte Midata Nikiyut. It's detailing what it means to be Naki, what it means to be cleansed with regards to our Avodat Hashem. Specifically, Mesilat Yesharim Ramchal has laid out for us the many violations and commandments that are most difficult for us to keep steadfast with regards to all their details and uh, and, and following uh, each of their specifics. And uh, in concluding that conversation, well, he's gotten into conversations about more intricate details. He talked about the more mefur samim, the gilui arayot, the gezel, and so forth. Now he's been talking about emet. And we're at the end of the paragraph we talked about last week, emet, uh, where he just in the final lines quotes a surprising uh, midrash with regards to the conversation he's been having until now. He says, Ukvar siperu omer zal. If you recall, again, much of this conversation was about the steadfastness that we need to have with regards to adherence to emet, midevar sheker, tirhak, not just sheker, midevar sheker, and so forth. And now he quotes at the very end of that conversation, Hotamoshela Kadosh Baruchu emet, he now has a Gemaran Sanhedrin and Daftzadizayim. There's a well-known Gemara, this is a Gemara Masechet Sanhedrin, which talks about this city known as Kushta. Kushta, of course, in Aramaic means truth. And so in turn, it's a place, the Gemara describes, where they only spoke truth. Uh, people wouldn't die before their appropriate time, says the Gemara. And Mesilat uh, Yesharim, for one reason or another, says the wife of the person. The Gemara tells us the person themselves. Mesilat Yesharim doesn't tell us the name of the person. The Gemara is a mahlok. It is a tav Is it tuvya? I think is the lashon of the Gemara. Uh, told a lie or told a white lie. Afal lechavana tova. Even if though it was for the pur- for a purposeful uh, the reason. Again, in short, the Gemara describes the following story. The Gemara says that Meresh initially Hava Amina, I thought there was no truth in this world until I encountered a place called Kushta, the land of truth. As I entered into the land of truth, I realized nobody died before their time because nobody told lies. I had two children there, I was married to my wife, and then one Friday afternoon, someone came to my home looking for my wife. Remember this midrash? Knocked at the door and I said she's not home because she was bathing herself and thought it inappropriate to admit that she was bathing herself, to speak like that to the neighbor. Immediately or shortly thereafter, as two children died. The people of the city couldn't believe it. How did the two children die? People don't die before their appropriate time in this city, in this land. And they begged him to tell the reason, and he said, well, this is what happened. They said, or please leave us, you don't belong over here. There's an amazing story in the Gemara, but the description of the Gemara, as we've, as we've set forth on more than one occasion, is more than anything, ironically, against what Mesilat Yesharim is describing for us, which is interesting in his conclusion of this, because what the Gemara is really describing is how an absolute truth can't be a life that we live. An absolute truth is a world wherein, well, two children, a place where we live by emet and sheke, as opposed to tav good day, good and bad, tov and ra, is a gan'ed in existence. That's what the Gemara is really portraying. And he needed to leave. He couldn't live such a life because to tell the truth under all circumstances without being mishanem mipenei hashalom, without appropriately adjusting in the specific circumstances is a life that you and I can't live, a life without politics, a life without human engagement and interaction, which necessitates under specific circumstances 
a stretch of the truth, well, that, uh, or of true and false, is a world we can't live in. So ironically, he cites this Gemara, Ramchal does, in order to uphold the point of the importance of truth, but the point is nonetheless made. The fact that the Gemara does tell this story, it's true, the Gemara tells the story, so to speak, as a polemic against those who are extremists. I only tell truth all the time. Ultimately speaking, Gan Eden, the place we came from, uh, our search again for that land of truth that uh, describes a certain perspective, a certain ideal for each of us. So in the practical sense, yeah, the person needed to be banished from the place. In the practical sense, we can't live in that sort of world of kushtav, absolute truth. But ultimately speaking, it describes for us an ideal. It describes what we're searching for. We're searching for the land of truth. So Mitzilei Sharim does nonetheless conclude appropriately by saying, listen, it's all about truth. Look at the Gemara. It describes how you couldn't live there because you even made one subtle change. Does that mean we can never make subtle change? We don't live in that sort of world. The Gemara describes how HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to be Mishanemi Pene HaShalom with regards to Sarah and Avraham. Ve'en sarich leha'arich ba'davar hazeh she'asechem ha'yevo v'hada'at machriho. Says when I'm hauling, this matter doesn't need to be elaborated upon further because it's quite logical and understood to all its importance. The next paragraph here, the next issue which Ramchal addresses is Hilul Hashem, is profaning or disgracing the name of God. The anafim, the branches, the derivatives of such an accent, action, such an approach, is also quite wide and far. person needs to very much be careful and, and care much about the kavod, the honor, the dignity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Koneh HaKol, Zohir Hasdei Avot, the Koneh, Kono means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us, He sustains us. Ubechol ma sheyaseh sarich sheyistakel v'yitbonen me'od, shelo yezeh misha ma sheyuchal liyot chilu l'chvod shemaim chas v'shalom, any and every action, any and every interaction, every and any and every involvement needs to be with the mindset of how to bring Kiddush Hashem as opposed to Hilul Hashem. To the extent that the Mishnah in the fourth chapter, Masechet Avot says, Echad Shogeg, Echad Mezid Bechilul Hashem. Generally speaking, we distinguish with regards to prohibitions and violations between Bemezid if it's purposeful and Shogeg if it's accidental. When it comes to Hilul Hashem, we don't do so. I remember learning it from Sefer HaMitzvot of Harambam and my rabbi explained to me many years ago the distinction with regards to Hilul Hashem as opposed to everything and anything else is Hilul Hashem is in the eyes of those who behold it. Hilul Hashem by definition is about the optics. It's about what the person understands. It's not so much what you did with regards to your internal thoughts. It's with regards to what did the person see. Did they see you bowing down? No, but I was only the Gemara in Avodah Zarah and Daf If I was only walking on the way of Avodah Zarah because it was the easiest way to get to my business. But the person seeing you do so, well, that looks wrong. They think you're involved in this. That's potential Hilul Hashem. It's Marit Ayin. I mean, you're involved in these sorts of matters. Hilul uh, Hashem is particularly and specifically defined by what others see in it. But I did it by mistake. But did someone see that you did it by mistake? If they didn't, you violated Hilul Hashem. But it wasn't my intention. Well, it doesn't matter. If the other person can't see that, it's not so much a conversation, a relationship between you and God in the strictest sense. It's defined by what others see. And in turn, the Chachamim say, 
Examples that were given for such are very clearly, in quote, the objective sense, clean. Nonetheless, I take meat and I don't pay immediately. For someone of Rav's stature, people are watching, people are paying attention to his every move. The fact that he didn't pay immediately makes them believe he's not going to pay. Yohanan said sometimes I'll go without learning Torah and without wearing tefillin. The Gemara explains during times that he was weak, during times that he was sick. But the fact that people don't uh, discern that, the, people, the fact that people are watching him carefully and don't realize that, that in and of itself is Hilul Hashem. But he wasn't being mehalelet Hashem, maybe not purposefully. The fact that others saw it means that it gets considered, and, and in turn, the severity of this sort of action, of this sort of reality, is really high up there. Now, Mesilad Shalim specifically referring to that Gemara, those two Emoraim, Rav and Rabbi Yohanan says, You want to know what the understanding over there is? What did the words Kigon Ana, for example, me, mean? Uh, well, ex- explains Ramchal, it has to do with who you are as well. Your stature, and in turn the eyes of the people upon you, very much influences what Hilul Hashem will mean for you as opposed to for me. You, who's an important, distinguished person, everybody has their eyes on you. Everybody's paying careful attention to your every move. It's a greater Hilul Hashem. There's more potential for it to be Hilul Hashem than a person like me who's lower in terms of stature, status, and realization of others. The more knowledge, the more importance and significance the person has. You might question and ask, who cares if it's an important Tamit Hacham? Ultimately speaking, he knows that he has knowledge of Torah. doesn't mean it influenced him with regards to his actions. People don't have their eyes on him for how he acts. They have their minds on him for how he speaks with regards to Torah. He's a good speaker. He gives good classes. He knows the halacha. He has good advice. doesn't mean that he acts in such a way. The assumption is, and of course, we cannot fully appreciate this. We assume that people who have imbibed words of Torah, who have immersed themselves in La'asok bidivre Torah, in Al-Divre Torah, in a life of Torah, in turn have become people who have refined their character. And as a result, the eyes of people are closer upon them. There's more scrutiny with regards to their action because there's an expectancy that their actions will be more refined. It's reminiscent of that Midrash that I've quoted once or twice. The Midrash describes how individuals who were going to uh, uh, fill up uh, some sort of utensils, the king sent them to fill up utensils, and they're on their way down to fill up the utensils, and they realize quickly that there are holes in the utensils. So some of them return, and they didn't fill up the utensil. It's a waste of time. Why fill up this utensil if it doesn't have any, any potential of bringing that water back? Others listen to the king's orders. They fill them up, and of course the water seeps right through, and they make their way back to the king and the king says well how was the experience and a few of them say well we didn't fill up the the jugs why didn't you fill it up well there was a hole in it fools says the king punished severely my purpose was not that it be filled with water inside it was that the utensil be cleaned i wanted clean jugs so i told you to fill it up with water of course it was going to seep out but i wanted it to be clean the context the concept in turn by talmud torah is vetaher libenu uh, is derived potentially through Talmud Torah, 
through immersing, through connecting our minds to the mind of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we've cleansed ourselves. The assumption in turn, says Misilat Yesharim, is a person who's immersed in Torah, a person who's maybe knowledgeable in Torah, will as well have a, have a purified nature to them, will have a way in which they engage with others, they live in the world in a refined fashion and ma- manner. Isn't it also that, like in the past, I, I, there's like Bet Shemayin, they feel like they'll argue, they don't just let anybody learn. So if a person didn't have a great character, they would throw him out. So the Gemara Masech Berachot, where it describes the ways of Rabban Gamliel, says that there was a Shomer, and the Shomer would determine whether you had Tocho Kibaro for entrance into the Midrash. And of course, the question is, how would he determine whether you had Tocho Kibaro? Um, first and foremost, just with regards to your comment, yes, Dan, doctor, there is clearly... A statement in that context, the only way you could get involved, which sounds a little circular based on what I'm defining, right? But not really. It's for entrance into the Midrash, is if you have Tocho Kibaro. But effectively, I mean, this is a famous Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, Derashai, says, how would they determine if you have Tocho Kibaro? What, did they uh, get into your inner soul? Did they watch you that carefully and give you a test on Midot? Alternatively, says Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz, says if Tocho Kibaro will be defined by if you were able to get in anyway. In other words, the Shomer was there to determine whether you really have a passion for the Torah. Do you really have a passion for it? You're going to find a way into this room. And there's, there's the bouncer at the door. If you really want to get in, you're not going to have just one fake ID. You're going to have uh, something else. You're going, to have enough, you're going to have the money to pay him off and so forth. So it means Tocho Kibaro is going to be defined by your actions. But yes, I mean, I'm, that's just a side point. That's just a but. but very clearly, you are right, but again, I, I think he's defining, he's telling us that 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 Right, so I'm describing it as a natural outgrowth, you're describing it as a uh, prerequisite. Right, you're saying you no, need to have those. I'm, I'm suggesting, right, um, and, and probably both true. In the case of Yochanan, you're saying that he was sick. So obviously he's part two from the I believe that's what the Gemara says. Yeah, I mean, it's not really. That's right. Rashi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So saying he was um, sick. My, my Messiah Sharim has the quote of Rashi on the side. People don't realize that I became weakened from the study. And they learn internally. So obviously he would be part two if you couldn't work the feeling. Right. The fact that others don't understand that. We're saying if he's wearing his public, obviously. He can't, I mean, sure, but he can't wear his couture. So then the second thing you'll say, we have that quiz with Aharon, the son's guy, he doesn't eat more, she gets upset. It's the same type of thing. But they don't know, he has gas. They don't know he has gas. I'm not disagreeing, but at at some point, you have a clash of, if I do one, it's Chilash, I build Chilash. I hear you. You're suggesting and pointing out this is far from simple. In other words, had he just stayed home and not been in public, people also would have said, why is he absent? I. I hear you. All right. So that only makes the severity of Hilul Hashem more difficult, more splitting hairs. But isn't, I guess in contrast, Kiddush Hashem doesn't necessarily need to be in public. Rambam and Mishneh Torah, from what I understand, it could be... It depends what sort of Kiddush Hashem you're talking about. You're talking about Kiddush Hashem, the fulfillment, so to speak, of the mitzvah Asem in HaTorah. That's very clear. The Gemara and Sanhedrin and Dafa'in Dalit says it needs to be Befaris Yad Lifneh Asarami Israel. That's what Vinik Tashti Betoch B'nei Israel said the Rasha the Gemara has. Um, if you're talking about the general, which is along the lines of what he's describing, 
Yeah, I mean, the Gemara, the Gemara in, Yavam, in, in Yoma has, I mean, it's quoted over here, as a matter of fact, person who's involved in Torah and looks religious and seems committed, but at the same time isn't actually acting appropriately. What do people say about them? And so on and so forth. And the Gemara does it in contrast to the person who does it right. But what about a person who's, who exemplifies what uh, they praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is a Kiddush Hashem. So it's not per se in public, but it is something that is known. Well, essentially, if you have a challenge, I guess, if there's something that you have a Talabat to do and you say, for Kiddush Hashem, you're not going to do it. Even if it's completely in private, someone doesn't see it. I thought that's Kiddush Hashem. It's a fulfillment of Kiddush Hashem? I don't yeah, know. In the we'll look it up. We'll have to look it up in order to understand that appropriately because I'm not certain. What I do know is the Mekubalim are very staunch and very, very steadfast on um, at the critical times like Kavanot, of the Rashash's Kavanot and the Tefillah to be recited. If you have a look at some of even the basic uh, Kabbalah uh, Sidurim, there has to be a certain Kavanah of Mesirat Nefesh, which is, uh, is linked with Kiddush Hashem. Is that a fulfillment of the mitzvah per se? Is that the Mesilat Yesharim's discussion? I don't think so. Is it a derivative of some sort of Sibata Mitzvah or something along those lines? Maybe. Anyway, so he says over here, Any person who's missing those qualities, those approaches, even though they're involved in Torah, they in turn lead to Bizayon, they lead to a certain shameful status to the limud itself. Uh, that in turn would lead to chilul, uh, it would lead to uh, emptying the uh, stature and status. The word halal, of course, is something that's empty. Hol is something that's profane, which means it's lacking, not kedushah. Um, you, um, by virtue of your actions and the perception and understanding of others, had led to that Hilul Hashem. So again, that's the next in the uh, chain of Anafim of Midat HaNikiyut. Gam Shemirat HaShabbatot V'yamim Tobim Rabahi. Continues Mr. Daishalim, it says, don't suffice with just what we've described until now. Let's talk about real, basic, normal circumstances. People who are not appropriately safeguarding and observing the laws of Shabbat. Kamashpatim Rabim. Of course, there are many laws. With regards to Shabbat, amru rabbati Shabbat, and so the Gemara on Shabbat has hilcheta rabbati, a little out of context, as uh, this Mesilat uh, Nisharim points out. But for what Ramhal is using it, a poetic flourish. The laws of Shabbat are quite grand and great. And so even the drabanans, the rabbinic prohibitions and violations on Shabbat, even though they're only rabbinic, they're fundamentals, they're principles. records what in the eyes of the Hachamim was one of the first true mahlokot, it's on the issue, which is a multi-generational mahlokot about simicha, about uh, laying your hands on the animal during the time of uh, bringing it for sacrifice, whether it's permitted, whether it's not, whether, but ultimately speaking, you're only dealing with shivut, and nonetheless, gedolei olam, we're still debating it, effectively saying, we care even about the rabbi's words, that's really what the Gemara is uh, stating, and in turn, Ramachal says, I don't you need to pay attention to that as well, 
פרטי דינים למחלוקתם מבוארים הם אצל הפוסקים בספריהם. Look in the works of the פוסקים and find many of those details with regards to ההלכות שבן כולם שווים לחובתנו בם. However, they're all um, very clear that we need to uh, hold to those laws. לזהירות המצטרף and to this, uh, the, the necessary precautions that need to be taken. ומה שקשה להיהמון, this part I want to focus on for just a moment or two, the part that's perhaps hardest for the masses, שמי it's, uh, it's withholding from business matters, uh, talking and speech about the give and take of business and uh, commerce. Speech about such matters uh, is, is clear, and involvement in such issues is explicit. Pasuk says in Yeshaya, you're supposed to sanctify Shabbat from not doing your ways, meaning uh, ways of weekday, the involvement, engagement, and finding your will, and even speaking about that, the Gemaran Shabbat, and of Kofiot Zayin, is it, of Kofiot Chet, maybe, is that you're not allowed to speak in the same ways. Anything that's prohibited on Shabbat to do, cannot be spoken about either. For that reason, I'll look into your, uh, your holdings and your, uh, and your assets. Uh, to determine what am I going to need to do tomorrow, what are the uh, necessary uh, um, uh, preparations. So the Gemara furthermore says, now let him take a trip on Shabbat so that you're closer to the destination you want to get to. After Shabbat. Furthermore, not allowed to express, you're not allowed to say, I'll do something which is prohibited tomorrow. Or I'll buy something which, of course, can't be bought on Shabbat tomorrow. And so, to all such like matters. Um, why is it that these are most difficult? Of course, speech is always more difficult than action. It's a little less, a little bit further removed from something concrete. But I think there's more to it than even that. I think that speech becomes part of who we are when we're immersed in the experience. When something is who we are, when we define ourselves by the experience, when it is uh, my mindset through and through, so then I speak only about that experience. When we walk into a synagogue on Shabbat, we have this propensity, this tendency to talk. Why do we have that tendency to talk? Because we don't attach ourselves to the experience of prayer. Had we attached ourselves to it, when you have a good speaker, you're immersed. If you're speaking about something, it's about what they're speaking about, nothing else, because you're so attached to it. When you're involved in a labor of love or something that you're passionate about, that becomes your entire speech. Since Shabbat, although it might be fulfilled, although it might be fulfilled with all of its details, all of its specifics, doesn't become part and parcel of who we are. In turn, we have this tendency to talk about other activities on that day because it's not an experience which overwhelms us. I've mentioned more than once that Rabbi Salvechik in his Teshubah Derashot, it's in the book Al HaTeshubah, he digressed once, and in his digression he talked about how when he came to America, he was expecting to find Mechalele Shabbat, and he said he didn't find Mechalele, no, I'm sure he found, he didn't find such an, uh, such an uh, accounting, uh, such an amount of Mechalele Shabbat that would overwhelm him. What he did find was people who 
didn't know how to greet Shabbat. And what he said was, in Europe, in his experience in the old country, people were excited for Shabbat. People had a fulfillment, so to speak, of the Gemara. There was a certain a mindset entering into the day that I'm overwhelmed, I'm, I'm taken over by the spirit of this day. He says in America, he didn't find that reality. Again, what he was describing is, yeah, sure, there's a fulfillment of the mitzvot and there's an abstaining from the averot of Shabbat. But what he didn't find was an engagement in Shabbat. It's what, as we've mentioned, Ramban Nachmani quotes from Mechilta in Shemot Perek Yotet, that uh, Mechilta says that the reason Am Yisrael are different than Umot Ha'olam is because the way we count the days of the week, I guess once upon a time, was the first of Shabbat and the second of Shabbat and the third of Shabbat. I guess we still do it in Shir Shel Yom at least. And effectively, instead of defining the word Shabbat as just a week, Shabbat is also Shabbat Kodesh, which means say we refer to each one of the days as a derivative, as a prerequisite, as, a, as an introduction to Shabbat itself. It means that becomes an immersive experience. If it's an immersive experience, it's all I want to talk about. It's all that's on my mind. It's all that I can talk about. So his description then with regards to what we fall prey to most specifically is more than just this is what's hard because we're human beings and we like to talk, we like to be mefatfet varim shel hevel. It's more than that. It's because we're not engaged in Shabbat. It's because, I mean, I've said it more than once, the Torah already links this up for us that it needs to be our engagement, our, our immersive experience throughout the week. That's why the man fell in my mind, at least a suggestion, uh, double on Friday. It wasn't only about an Isur Hotzah. It was a statement. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm going to have you now preparing. It wasn't only an Isur Yisiyah and Hotzah and all that sort of business on Shabbat. It was, I want you preparing I wanted a preparation, I want your mindset leading up to Shammai Hazaken type of perspective. Gemara and Betza and preparation throughout the week for Shabbat. Yes, doctor. I mean, playing a little devil's advocate. I mean, I think back then, your job was much more likely to be manual labor. And you didn't have such a mental engagement with your work as you do today. We should start so calling you Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, the Melamed Zechut Alam Very nice. So the free. challenge in turn, very nice. The challenge in turn, I got to tell you, I have no labor activity. And I'm still strained from my engagement throughout the week, but on Shabbat, Shabbat as well. Yeah, I work on Shabbat day. as well. That's true. <laughs> but effectively what I'm saying is it's not an excuse. So you're giving a Limud Zechut for maybe why they did it better. It doesn't, doesn't resolve anything for me, so we need to live up to the challenge. Anyway, until now, we've talked until now about mitzvot, about averot, which we fall prey to, uh, many of those um, being uh, consistent uh, stumbling blocks for human beings, for, um, for Jews. I'm not going to talk specifically about more lavim, but you'll learn, you'll derive, and you'll apply accordingly to all the other of course, there are derivatives, there are um, uh, subsections, there are branches and to each one of the roots of the mitzvot and averot. Some more severe, 
some light or mishir oseliyot naki, a person who's looking for that uh, source of cleanliness. Sarich shiyeh naki mikulam v'tahor mikulam. You need to search and strive for an absolute purity, an absolute cleanliness. Ukvar amruzal shinayich ke'eder harcheli marachelzos inuab mechamet medyan rafuna b'shem ravahamar shelo ikdim echad mem tefilin shel rosh litefilin shel yad shilu ikdim lo ayam or shem mishab bechan v'lo ayu yosim mishab b'shalom mechen amru yoshalim saper benishtabat liyoser averai biyadu v'chazer aleya meorchem. In concluding this statement, he quotes from Midrash and Shira Shem Rabbah, which is Doresh that Pasuk, Your teeth are white as a flock of Rechelim, what are Rechelim, Ibex? Of, uh, of, of different types of animals, which are purely white, apparently. And the description in turn is about finding a full cleanliness. And the description furthermore is about Milhamet uh, Midian. Milhamet Midian, the Midrash describes how Moshe praised their actions, generally speaking. And it was because they were so clean with regards to their activities, with regards to their performance, to the extent that the example of the Midrash, for one reason or another, is that none of them put on tefillin before tefillin shaliyat. It looks at that as a slight, small perversion of law, and it says, but none of them did so. In other words, they were clean, they were steadfast, they were mindful with regards to their activities. Furthermore, he cites from Talmud Yerushalmi that a person who speaks in between Yishtabah and Berkat Yoser or Hoser Aleh Meorchem El needs to come back if he was involved in war. Meaning, the mindful activity, the ability to be plugged into what I'm doing in Zahir and Naki and Tahor was a description of who went out and did engage in combat. In turn, each of us, Mesilat Yesharim says, are striving for that as well. The same way actions, objectively defined, need nikiyut, need that tahara, so to midot, so to character traits. In truth, it's kimat sheyoter kashe. What those words mean, why he writes it like that, not fully clear to me. It's almost more difficult. Is it more difficult or not? I mean, I think we can all clearly state it's more difficult to refine our character than actions. Kim'at sheyoter kashe, to refine our characteristics, which of course is ingrained, which of course is innate, is natural, it's who we are, uh, than to do an external action. To abstain from an action is one thing. To take the alcoholic out of me is altogether different. Because nature has a way of taking hold of our character, of who we are, our deep-rooted self, as opposed to our actions, which could be overcome. Our temperament, our, uh, our, our natural forces and, and, and drives, uh, can either sustain and, and uphold the proper direction or, or withhold and, and push it down. Anything in which you're looking to defeat your nature or any nature is quite a, quite a battle. It's that which the rabbis meant when they said in Avot, a person who's truly strong is a person who overcomes their yetzer. The yetzer is what defines you as a character, not so much your actions, but who you are. In if you think there's just actions, wrong actions, proper actions, 
underlying each of those, of course, is a character trait. Omnam kemoshe dibar ba mitzvot shayah zorich bahem yoter dainu mashri gidut bnei adam likashel bahem keneda beva midot. Same way we de- we delineated, we put forth many actions, the objective ones, which we fall prey to most. So too says Ramchal, we're going to do with regards to character traits. Barashiot hasirichot iyun yoter mipnei chidutenu bahem. Bam. The first that we'll mention are the ones that we are most conditioned and are common most to us. Vehem, and they are hadga'ava, pride, ka'as, anger, kin'ah, envy, ta'ava, lust. Hen kol ele midot ra'ot asher ra'atam nikeret umfursemet. These are the ones that are well known and described and seen. En sarich lecha re'ayot. I don't need to give you proofs that this is endemic to our nature as human beings. Ki they are at their core evil and they have derivatives, they have uh, ways of, of spreading evil. None of these can will be rationalized. Each of these, and I'll cite from the words of the rabbis, can and will bring a person to more severe actions. It's character trait which underlies much of what we do wrong. Al what about pride? Mikra malemas hirve omer veram levavecha v'sheachachtayet adonai loechel pasuk says in devarim you'll have a high and lofty heart and mind, and in turn you'll forget God. Um, a person who says kochi ba'otzim yadi asali etahayil hazeh. A person who becomes conditioned, becomes more um, dependent upon themselves, has a very clear forgetfulness of their relationship with God. Pasuk per se with regards to anger, but he has a midrash. Where's the midrash? Citing from a Zohar. Any person who becomes angered should be in your eyes as if he's an idol worshiper. It's interesting quotes from Zohar. It's Gemara Masechet Shabbat Daf Famously has the following statement. The Gemara over there talks about a person who's mefazel ma'otav behema, a person who gets rid of his money, starts tearing up bills because he's angry. A person who's koreat kelav, who's ripping his clothing in anger, and so forth. Says the Gemara, you should know such a person. It's not too much time until they will be worshipping Avodah Zarah. If they're drawn by their anger to do such silly actions, they'll be drawn in all sorts of other directions which are evil and terrible in an objective a Torah a perspective. He quotes it from Zohar, these specific words, Harambam, in Perek Bet, Vilchot De'ot has this same Lashon, It's because of this, in a separate conversation, several of the later commentators of Harambam suggest, you see, Harambam was influenced by Zohar as well. It's a little anachronistic. We don't know of Zohar being existent, at least to people's eyes, during the time of Harambam, and instead they suggest that his sourcing was really that Gemara Masechet Shabbat. Truth is, you find and such support in the Perusha Mishnayot as well. But his description again is a person whose mind is overtaken by emotion is a person in turn who can be swayed to involve themselves in any and every wrong activity. A person who has who has um, jealous, uh, jealousy, who envies others, who's lustful. We have a Mishnah as well in Avot. Again, each of these character traits which are described as bringing you down roads that you never wanted to be on in the first place are a description of how these emotional overcoming of your personality
personality of your character can and will bring you in all sorts of terrible directions. Besides an allusion to Pasuk in Yirmiyah, there are all these offshoots of of foreign uh, vines. These are these are matters which we need to distance ourselves from completely and entirely. We'll start one by one. Of course, Arambam Nilchotia talks specifically about Ka'as. And uh, Harambam talks about uh, Ga'ava, he talks about those two character traits as the exceptions to the golden Aristotelian uh, uh, middle path, the Derech HaMemusa. Over there Harambam says these are the ones that we're going to focus most on with regards to distancing yourself altogether from. Ramchal will be a little bit broader in his presentation and discussion of these character traits, but again this brings us into the next dimension of with regards to appreciating and understanding that cleansing with regards to not only objective actions but character traits as well. Amen. Amen.